Hey, it's the FinTech Newscast. My name's John, and with me as always is Steve. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling a, little better, a lot better than Netflix, John. How are you feeling? <laughs> you saw those numbers, huh? Did they said they're going to lose, what, a couple million subscribers? I think uh, the issue is that they were supposed to gain subscribers and they lost a few of them. Although in all fairness, a lot of the numbers that we see in the loss column are because they pulled out of Russia and Belarus. So they lost, I think, about 200K in there. But it's still not a pretty number. And actually today, as they announced that they're, they may, they're considering also putting ads on their shows, which is just not a good look. Like I joined Netflix to not have ads on, on my TV. Yeah, not doing great. Well, New Jersey's doing its part to keep you at home as much as possible. They're making pot legal. Finally, catching up <laughs> yeah. to the West Coast. Colorado, I think they were the, the, the big breakthrough place for a while there. Uh, but now it's getting more and more common. Uh, I think uh, 18, it was 18 states that had it legal for recreational purposes. So I, I guess this is number 19. And 33 states for medical, quote unquote, it's for my glaucoma, man. Of course. Um, purposes. So that's mostly legal. Uh, there's um, there's some big events. Um, some places giving away free donuts. So you know, <laughs> the munchies thing. That's amazing. Um, and uh, yeah, for these uh, dispensaries that are opening up in New Jersey, which is a big banking center. Uh, I think not just for the the back end, all kinds of um, uh, banking operations in New Jersey. Uh, which means more and more workers uh, might be getting a little bit, uh, well, Fun, high. Let's say, well, yes, they're high, high. They're <laughs> high. Just say it. They're all high. Yeah, yes. yeah. So this is based on on a uh, on a survey of Robinhood, I believe, J.P. Morgan and Citibank. What are the numbers, John? So curious about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really surprising. So this is that workers that admit to smoking or taking some kind of a marijuana while they're at work. And I was surprised at some of these numbers being pretty high. Uh, overall, nearly one third of corporate professionals, about 29%, uh, said that they've used cannabis while working in the office or working from home in the last That's... three months. This is on a, a workplace message board called Blind, by the way. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Well, okay. So this is all self-reported. So maybe this, maybe the- Probably it could only be higher. It could, it, well, it, <laughs> yeah. I, I say it could, it could only be higher. Yeah. Yeah. If someone kind of had a long pause after you asked a tough question, maybe. Right. Maybe What's my something to do with it. I don't know, dude. Hold on uh, one second. Balance is the key to the universe, man. <laughs> yeah. Change comes from within. Um, so 44% of JP Morgan uh, workers who, who did this survey said they used marijuana on the job and 50%, and this makes a lot more sense, of workers at Robinhood and 90% in their compliance department. I'm just kidding about that one. <laughs> but there was a company who beat them all, Splunk. At Splunk. Well, what, what is Splunk? I think they're an ad. They're an ad company, right? No, no, they're a sort of data type company. I think um, data integration. And I, I know okay. that Splunk actually 70, has- They had the record. 73% of workers admitted to using cannabis on the job. I don't know. Maybe I'm just old school, but I don't know that I would ever try to perform my work while I'm high. Uh, would you? Yeah, no. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> it's really tough to concentrate, I, I've been told. Yes, <laughs> so, yes. Uh, well, if you work at, uh, you know, okay, so let's talk about the boring companies. Um, who's uh, serious and not going to be much fun? Wayfair. 
the the furniture company. Yeah. And you know, it, it kind of surprises, but not surprises me that 18% of uh, Apple workers says that they were well below the average. That's a low um, number. Yeah. Yeah. 18, you know, it's, uh, it's in a place where they used to probably grow it a lot. Um, but uh, they, you know, they're, they're, it's tough to work at Apple. So that, in that way, I guess I'm, I'm not surprised, but it's also in California. So, well, it's, it's also tough to work at, you know, JP Morgan and Robinhood. So I, I don't, I don't see how those could, 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 could differ. Um, do you think that yeah. uh, numbers like these and the fact that it's now legal in Jersey, it will be New York as well by the end of the year. Do you think that this will mean that workers are more or employees are more likely to, to either not embrace, but at least tolerate some use on, on the job and at least like stop some of the uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, it'd be the same like uh, alcohol, right? If you're drunk, uh, yeah. it's still kind of impaired. It's, it's not the same good. analogy. Yeah, yeah. Don't get yeah. drunk during so, work hours and don't get high during It'll be still kind of hours. frowned upon. <laughs> you know, like yeah. even people even look at you like if you have to like a, depending where you work, I guess, uh, but you know, have a drink during, during lunch or something or they kind of check with the boss. Is this okay? Uh, right, right. You know, not in like probably um, ads, advertising or marketing and stuff like that, but in more uh, uh, button down kind of businesses. PayPal and Coinbase were also under 25%. So they're more, more straight laced uh, than, than JP Morgan even. As far as pilots, that sounds to me like like it's just an issue of 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 sampling, right? And who actually took the the survey? <laughs> yeah, yeah, or, yeah, or yeah. Uh, well, are you saying you don't buy it? It doesn't make sense to you. I I don't buy it. I you know I I'm <laughs> a I'm a socially liberal guy. I think do whatever you want that, that makes you happy. But I don't know that I that I agree that that the that difference. One that, well, yeah. I think the overall maybe the overall message is the point is that the, the, this is happening. It's happening at, at some level uh, across the board. Yeah. Well, one thing about uh, marijuana, it's infamously tough to bank. I mean, the compliance rules rules are very tricky. It's still illegal at the federal level, uh, so you have compliance nightmares for banks or any financial services related to marijuana, cannabis, so all of that. So one workaround on the payments uh, when people actually go to buy the things are are something called cashless. ATMs. So what the hell is a cashless ATM? Yeah, I know, right? I just heard about this not too long ago. Uh, there's a there's a big article about this, and it's basically you go and you buy whatever it is, your pot, uh, your edibles, and the the store, the dispensary, will make it look like it's an ATM transaction, like you took out cash. So let's say you buy something that's like uh, thirty eight dollars and seventy six cents. They run your card for $40. So it looks like uh, a, a cash withdrawal. And then they'll mm -hmm. give you the cash difference, like the dollar, whatever, back in change so that you have a $40 transaction. Another trick is kind of a called transaction factories. Mm -hmm. It's where a, a store or a company has legitimate products and they're selling the illegal ones. Um, depending on your, your state, it might be completely illegal. Um, uh, you're selling a marijuana along with uh, other items you sell. And let's say it's a, a convenience store or a bodega. Uh, I think that's a, you'll understand that a little bit better, right, Steve? I do. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you'll absolutely. Have, you'll, you'll sell that along with um, everything else. So it'll get mixed in with uh, legal transactions uh, so that your compliance uh, can't really uh, pick out these transactions. 
Oh, that is so interesting. So I've heard of a similar thing as well that you do in DC, where in DC, where it's not again because it's um, it's a district, not, not a state, but it's legal in the district, not not of, uh, as you mentioned at the federal level. What they do is that if you want to buy pot from a local spot, you buy say a cookie, and as a gift, as a quote unquote gift, then they give you some pot on the side, <laughs> yeah. which is just is the a, silliest way to do this. But that beats the bonus the points, doesn't it? It, it certainly does. Yeah. <laughs> How unhappy are the Visa, MasterCard, and other payment rail com- payment rails companies about this on a scale from of one to ten, John? Super unhappy or extremely unhappy? Yeah, well, is is ten the worst? The worst, because um, they could get into. I mean, marijuana at the federal level is still a Schedule One substance, so it's still in the the highest category, like with heroin and cocaine and all the mm-hmm. uh, the most serious um, uh, drug offenses, which you know, whatever you think about its effects, that's still the same amount of prison time <laughs> and fines <laughs> and issues uh, is the point of that, not not its effects. Uh, so from right. a legal standpoint, a compliance standpoint, uh, you're going to have huge, huge problems. And any bank is going to have um, uh, reputation issues, compliance issues, all kinds of uh, uh, anti-money laundering uh, um, uh, problems. So this is a bit of a hassle having this difference in the state and federal. And the end result is that the large banks just keep a, try to keep away from the pot business as much as possible. So these tricks, uh, these cashless ATMs, these uh, uh, transaction factories, um, these uh, kind of free gift kind of things are all ways to stay within the payment systems. So they don't have to, like a dispensary doesn't have to keep like tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars in cash, which is a huge risk. And they get they end up getting robbed uh, because of all this cash lying around. So they're really trying to avoid having this cash and just uh, keeping in the uh, electronic and the normal banking system to avoid those kinds of risks. Yeah, it's it's just it's as I say it's it's just very risky to run a a an all cash business. But um, have there been any attempts from the fintech side to actually address this and maybe get into this space? What a great question, Steve. Yes, there are. Hmm. <laughs> we, there's a uh, there's a couple of companies that are trying to be compliant, and and you you see that uh, these fintechs have to jump in because um, no banks. Uh, no fully compliant regulated bank uh, can can really do business. Um, they, they just end up running into troubles. They crack down. They end up charging huge fees when they try, but then they end up backing out. I've seen where a few articles where where banks have uh, tried to do the business and just couldn't keep up with the regulation and, and backed out completely. Uh, mm-hmm. So the payment rails is is a problem. So Visa and Mastercard. Um, don't want any of this, don't want to be associated with this. So the way that fintechs have been trying to solve this problem is by ACH, or I I think that's the same, like electronic funds transfer, you might see the way you pay your like gym membership every week, every month. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, It just money just comes straight out of your account. It doesn't go through the Visa Visa MasterCard rails. Um, but uh, it's a way to securely make these payments. So a company called Curaleaf is uh, working on that kind of technology. So it avoids uh, the credit card, debit card um, rails. And you have to share your bank routing information and your account number, just like you would with an automatic payment from your bank account. But Mm -hmm. then 
you can pay with an app that'll just charge through the ACH. And that avoids that for the merchant, that's really great too, because it avoids the much higher fees that uh, Visa and MasterCard pay. So let's say you have a hundred dollar transaction. Uh, you have to give what, uh, uh, $2.50, uh, two and a half to 3% uh, for, for a debit credit card kind of payment. Uh, whereas uh, ACH payments are more like in the range of 10 to 25 cents. I mean, if you have even just $100,000 in sales a year in a credit or a debit card, you could save uh, more than $2,000 of, uh, of charge fees. Yeah, I mean, I, I know this, is, this relates to only the, um, or mostly to the marijuana sellers of the world, but there, there's been a lot of um, what I'm going to call pushback on the fact that these companies basically have a VIG on every transaction now between one and 3%. And, and I, you know, if, if you think about it, the reason why some coffee shops have a sign saying, you know, $7 minimum purchases with a card is because I of all these fees, signs, right? by the way. Yeah. Right. They're, they're awful. It's, it's an awful experience for all, for all involved. I hate paying with cash. It's easier to use my card. I want the points. I want the, the safety and the, and the chargebacks and all that. Um, but, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that a solution comes along for that addresses issues, not just for the pot sellers, but also for all the small, you know, the, the small mom and pop shops that actually depend on, on credit card transactions. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a kind of an overall solution. So I hope this uh, product this uh, it's called can pay is what you see, like, you know, Apple pay or Google pay. This is called can pay. Of course. Uh, and uh, you know, that that's a, that's a huge savings. So you know, hopefully um, that that one takes off. Uh, there are other players that have ACH-based uh, solutions that are focused exclusively on uh, the the marijuana cannabis industry, uh, and that includes like a total solution, like pickup, delivery, uh, mobile app, uh, everything. So there's a company called uh, AeroPay. It's a uh, uh, based out of Chicago, and they partnered with a, a e-commerce platform called Jane Technologies. Mm -hmm. uh, so that you can pay directly for your cannabis using ACH, and then they they deliver. You can do it from your phone. It's uh, like a complete solution uh, for for dispensaries and providers. Well, there's actually there's quite a few of those um, at least here in the Bay Area where you can like cannabis order from as your a service phone. kind of thing. Right, right. But I mean, you they, provide the places... cannabis, and then that's <laughs> it. They take care of the rest. They'll take a huge cut of that, but yeah, I think yeah, maybe well, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't. It'll be interesting to see how this space shapes out. Also, as we have more legalization kind of sweep across the country, right? It's, it began in the West, as we mentioned. It's kind of made its way east, but as we get to every state, like what will be the dominant player for this? I still believe there may be hmm. uh, an opportunity to kind of invest in one of these companies, um, but it's just so early stage now. I know that, for example, I have a fa uh, I have a family uh, member who invested in a couple of cannabis ETFs in Canada, and he's lost his shirt basically on all of them. Oh, the, well, the, 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 they've all been down significantly. Huh. Yeah, yeah, it's still early days. And yeah, you don't know who's going to be uh, the big winner or, uh, well, I, I don't know. I just don't see it becoming legal at the federal level. You know, the, uh, was it the, the House that just passed a legalization of marijuana in the US? Right. And there's just no chance that uh, that's expected to pass in the Senate. See, okay, I, I don't want to delve into, into politics here, but that is this is such, <laughs> such low-hanging fruit, right? I saw a poll that recently something like more 60% of Americans want to have legalized weed. If the Democrats want a platform to run on next year, legalize the weed. 
make it legalize it man be the party of personal freedom right just do whatever you want as, as you know Sell it as a way to get resources for schools and whatever, sort of like the the there's, uh, the, the there's lotto, people who right? like personal freedom until it conflicts with what they think you should be doing. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So it's, it's is, is a, President it's a Biden is his uh, position to uh, legalize or not? Do you know? Has he said anything about that? I, I don't know in detail, but I suspect that he's anti-legalization. Yeah, I, I wonder if it passed both houses, and it'd be on him, like politically. You know, to... I, I think that would force his hand, but then we would Probably. have to get through the through the 50, 80 year olds that control the Senate. So, <laughs> yes, right. I'm not sure that is a problem. That. Yeah, it is a huge problem. Our yeah, yeah. Well, the, the pot is uh, like we said, it's in more and more states uh, uh, completely legal for recreational pur- purposes. Uh, so there's companies that are helping to run your business uh, otherwise. So there's a company called Duchi, Duchi which provides a business management software for dispensaries, uh, including their, their payment function. Uh, and they're committing uh, $100 million in R&D, they say, in the coming year to help the industry move forward. So a lot of money coming in. It's uh, becoming a, a legit business proposition. Well, fintechs focusing on marijuana aren't the only ones uh, that need a lot of technology and that are, are building up new services. I think... A, a, a lot of the fintechs we talk to have partnered using APIs uh, to provide things like uh, back-end uh, regulation and compliance uh, uh, with reg techs, uh, offer new services. Uh, it seems like such a common thing these days. And some banks have been doing a great job of uh, partnering with these fintechs. I'm thinking of uh, Cross River Bank, uh, especially. But uh, there's a new bank that's setting up from the ground up just to be that partner bank for fintechs, especially on the technology side. This new bank is called Column, and they're just opening up uh, this week. They're setting up uh, right near San Francisco, uh, and they have all the software that a fintech would need to partner with them and offer banking products. So how is this different from, say, as you mentioned, uh, Cross River Bank or, or some other uh, some, some of the mid-sized banks that we've seen partner with all the other fintech players? So let's see how much of it is marketing hype. But uh, no, it, it does look like they have the chops it takes. Uh, these are the, some of the co-founders at Plaid, William and Annie Hockey, who know a thing or two about working with banks. Uh, Plaid, of course, uh, they've made their whole business from from that world. Uh, yep. William Hockey was the president and technology chief at Plaid. So definitely someone with the background and a good idea of what the fintech market would need. So speaking of what the fintech market needs, is this an actual need given that we have, as, as, as you mentioned, um, a very mature ecosystem of banks that provide services to, to fintechs that can kind of provide that Banking as a service, or that you know, compliance infrastructure for fintechs—is is there an actual need for this stuff? Well, it's a it's a vital market for sure. But uh, whether they can take market share um, from existing uh, relationships, it's, it's got to be a huge pain, right, to switch over right. your infrastructure. Yeah, uh, and, and it's, your partner. It's, it's, it's just it's also so sticky like it's, it's impossible to change your your system of record your account system it's just so hard to move all, all those things to a, to, a, to a new space so unless they have a super differentiated product or yeah. va- they, value prop i just don't see them taking they would have to offer something space. like uh, uh products that other uh their other partners aren't able to offer 
or right. be able to do it much faster and cheaper than their existing uh, relationships. So Oof. if it's a pain to go through uh, uh, the community, you know, it's, it's a lot of large banks won't partner with you. They, they do it a lot of time through smaller community banks and the software is just off the shelf software because this community bank doesn't have what you need. Uh, you're going to have to go to some larger player like the, you know, the Fiserv's of the world, that kind of thing. Exactly. Yes. Uh, but so they're betting that if they customize the software and have it ready and the bank has their systems ready right away, um, they can offer more and they can do it better. So, uh, you, you know, they, they definitely have, uh, like I was saying, if you're going to be somewhere to do this, Plaid would be, would be the place that uh, you'd want to see that to, to come from that, that knows this market really well. Um, so they can, so you can really plug into your, um, your banking partner and get a lot more data than you can right now is what they're saying. Right. I think the data angle makes sense, but in terms of the services, I'm, I'm a bit skeptical about their ability to be able to differentiate again, what they have from, a, from what other players have out there. Yep. Yep. It's a, it's a tough market. So let's see how, how it goes for them. Um, you know, they, they have to offer a lot of different pieces, you know, just the compliance part of it uh, from a, a new uh, a bank uh, on its own is, is a big hurdle. Uh, but it's, if they can offer to take care of that for, for other fintechs and do it well and better than, than uh, existing ones, then, then we'll see how it goes. So that, that uh, could yeah, be a win. It's called Column. Like a fifth column? No. Like, like a fifth column. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> sort of the, the column behind your business, the, the thing that's supporting you up, I guess, is, is the idea. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Excellent. So this is all traditional banking stuff. We want to get into, what do we hear about some new Web3, DeFi? That's, that's what the, the FinTech Newscast uh, listener wants to hear about. Give, give me some of about, that. NFTs. Let's talk about all, all the cool shit. Yeah, yeah. So this is amazing. Yeah. So... Uh, as of this week, Coinbase announced that they're they're actually rolling out an NFT trading platform, which is pretty interesting. So if you follow the, the NFT space somewhat closely, the biggest player I believe in this space is still OpenSea, although we've seen how um, trading volumes have, have fallen significantly for OpenSea in the past few, few weeks and months. Uh, we also saw how famously Jack Dorsey sold his first tweet as an, NF, as an NFT for what? $2.9 million in an NFT form um, last year. And then this year he sold it and it sold for the massive princely sum of 280 bucks. So despite <laughs> what to me seems like- Well, it's like, like a, a little bit uh, deflating your ego a little bit, right? Oh my God. It, it's, I, I think it would be, yeah. But um, it's like uh, someone buying your autograph, that kind of thing, right? It's like the- Right. It's like- I'll 2020s version of that. <laughs> it's exactly that. Now nobody exactly wants that, your yeah. freaking signature. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we have seen um, uh, other companies get into the NFT space even more. I think that um, it was announced also this week that Anderson Horowitz, the BC firm, now has um, compiled a group of Stanford and Columbia researchers to do um, Web3. Oh, they're, and they're NFT trying to corner research. this, aren't they? They're like, they uh, are. And, and <laughs> yet, digging this. So either I'm missing something, because, uh, you know, the the formation of the um, Anderson Horowitz re Research Lab and the Coinbase product launch as well seem to point to sort of the growth of in, in the in the NFT space. But I think folks seem more skeptical about this now than they have in the past. So I don't know why they would be doing this. I'm guessing it's just a matter of going to where the kids are. But what is your take on the NFT market, John? Going to where the where kids are. Where are we going are. with this? Yeah. yeah, NFTs? Well, 
I, I think it, it's just another bump in the road. I mean, things go, this is such a volatile market. Uh, and when things are new like this, it's just going to um, shoot up and, and kind of level off for a little bit. Uh, but I think this will just be one piece of an increasingly growing Web3 world. I mean, there's just so much money, so much interest going into this. Uh, I kind of think it's like a um, hmm, 1996 internet kind of thing oh, I where see. I see. people are getting their first emails. Is this email thing a fad? What's going on? Or is it going to look, I mean, not that it'll be a fad, but it'll get superseded by something you know, better later. Are we going to video call? Uh, and this was very hazy at that time. Uh, mm. And I think it's like that. NFT will be something um, and maybe even bigger than it is now, but then one, one aspect uh, of a lot of new things coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of new things, this is actually not, not a new thing, I think. I think it's sort of a, it basically combines some of the functionality of OpenSea in terms of being able to buy and sell the NFTs and, and tracking their, um, their, their journey, if you will. But I think that it's also interesting because it, it kind of looks like Instagram. It's basically, it's, a, it's combining social media with NFT buying. And one of the biggest complaints that I've heard about NFTs in general and sort of the, the whole crypto space is that there's a lot of hype and uh, kind of frauds and schemes and scams on social media. I would assume that having a platform that combines those two things into in one space would be ripe for that. Oh, I know, huh? Are you going to say, hey, uh, Coinbase me later? <laughs> exactly, like, yeah. Base me, man. Base me uh, some NFTs later, man. Yeah, yeah. Like the, uh, like the Donald Trump social media thing? Hey, truth me. Send oh me my a God, truth. truth me, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know, oh yeah, everybody's talking about that now. Of course, yeah, just <laughs> yeah. Not, not in the positive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I think they're on the right track with, um, uh, uh, in terms of uh, getting attention, building up their audience uh, on a social network. Uh, at the same time, I hope they have a lot of people working on this um, in terms of uh, moderation, in terms of uh, not running afoul of so many ways, so many there's so many ways you can get in trouble with a social network these days. Um, you sure can. So, so that's, it's, it's a huge undertaking when you, when you, I mean, it almost, the, the NFT marketplace looks easy compared to the social uh, media <laughs> part of it, uh, uh, actually. But if you're going to build up something, if we're recreating the internet on Web3, uh, then, I mean, th these kinds of projects uh, need to happen. Um, they do, and I do appreciate the fact that Coinbase is again looking to sort of diversify what they're doing and and, and get into the the NFT space. I personally have find myself using Coinbase a lot less frequently. Uh, honestly, I think this year or so, um, I, I've seen it's not the cheapest the, option. It's not the cheapest option. I feel like I'm just you know I hate all the alerts that that I get about Solana dropping whatever five five percent in one day. Um, so I'm kind of over the whole crypto thing, but I'm you know. This could be a way for them to maybe stay relevant in, in the space and have a, a, a new paradigm for this stuff. Who knows? You know, now that you mentioned that, I, you know, Robinhood has been surprisingly out of the news. I mean, we, we're, I think we're both uh, very hardcore news junkies, right? We and are. I, I haven't seen a whole lot about uh, Robinhood just lately. Have you? I haven't seen anything about them at all. Which Actually, I'm, I'm going to say that no good, no, for, for Robinhood, no news is good news. <laughs> well, they're one of those who uh, went public through a direct listing. Uh, wait, I, I, have the, I have the date here for you. On uh, July 28th, 
they went public through a direct listing. Uh -huh. And through April 1st of 2022, guess what the return has been? Oh my God, it has to be in, in the negative for sure. Yep, their, their stock uh, after going public is down 61%. Oof, brutal. So that's only in what, five, nine months or so. Nine months, that's actually worse but, than Netflix. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but they're not the only ones. Uh, Coinbase, we're just talking about, they're down 43%. They went public in April 14th, so just over a year, and they're down 43%. Uh, so hopefully they're, they're paying up uh, much more for that capital if, they're, if they need more capital for this uh, social media thing. Oh, boy. Uh, to take on OpenSea, it's going to cost them a bit more. But that's just a, a small sample. Anything that's gone public in the past, what, year, year and a half or so, has just had terrible returns. Uh, since they yeah. went public. Uh, SoFi is down like 54%. Uh, Hippo, the insure tech, uh, so it's like across the board, even an insurance company, uh, is down 79% since they went public uh, almost exactly a year ago also. Yeah, it's interesting how I we have the metrics here from um, for, for both uh, for IPOs and SPACs for Q1 2022, and it's just been a brutal year, man. A 45% decrease in IPOs and SPACs. Um, valuations oh, just both, the volumes huh just just the volume yeah yeah and also the uh public valuations going down as well um uh it's just it's so it's just basically uh, it's just another example of what we see in terms of companies that were high flying during the pandemic kind of losing their luster as things open back up oh i, I don't know if it's that or just that uh, private capital is just overvaluing these private companies and when it mm. comes down to the the hard realities of a public company, uh, then it's your profits don't support that stock price. It's going to take a huge hit. So I, I think it's just a unrealistic expectations and valuations uh, put on these companies. Uh, and, and these returns, these huge uh, negative returns have really soured investors. And uh, I've been reading that the SEC is looking at regulations and the rules around this because the investors, the SPAC sponsors walk away fine. They make a right. ton of money. The they company sure gets, uh, does really well. No problem. They raise money as well. And they save a lot of money because um, uh, a SPACs and even direct listings are much cheaper uh, than going through the whole IPO uh, full S1 process. But the investors get, get burned huge. Uh, so... So that's that's going to be a problem. So it might scare fintechs away from that kind of negative publicity and really unhappy employees with uh, shares that have, have dropped by half uh, yeah. and, and scare away investors. But uh, uh, the money's still coming in, but I, I think there's going to be just a, a second thoughts on the exit strategy. Yeah, and, and what I've seen also... Um anecdotally from friends who are at startups now is that there's a, a much uh, stronger focus nowadays on on getting to uh, on getting to profitability right to so actually being able to be cash flow positive which all, all these companies have but not we're capturing really, eyeballs we're capturing eyeballs exactly we're just growing at all, at, at all costs um i think that that sort of way of thinking is maybe on, on its way out and instead we'll have a more sober way of looking at markets and companies and 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 again uh 
not not so much the eyeballs, but the actual results that, that you get from from the company. The actual profit, yeah, yeah. the actual yeah, profit. Yeah, that reminds yeah. me. Highly recommend watching We Crashed, the the WeWork story on uh, oh, Apple yeah. TV Plus. Uh, I guess it's called. Uh, yeah, yeah, really, really interesting, uh, and definitely not the kind of startup you want to be working at. All right, uh, that's it for this week on the FinTech Newscast. Uh, please. Don't lose money on your SPAC or direct listing investment. Uh, take a second look. Um, and also hit subscribe uh, to keep up with the latest in fintech news. See you next week.